Hello, this is a Korean in America. Today, I will be talking about the first real gender bender Korean drama classic, Coffee Prince from 2007. So let's introduce this. It is a common experience with Korean drama viewing to be disappointed with the last few episodes of a Korean drama. They tend to either run out of stories several episodes before the end of the show, or the show forcefully ends itself in an unorganic manner. What is rare with even a Korean drama is to have the weak last few episodes make you discover that the earlier episodes were not as good as you initially thought they were. Because of the lack of anything interesting happening during the last few episodes, you end up comparing the so-called good episodes with the bad episodes. This mental process makes you think beyond the veil created by the hype and the meals and smoke generated by the makers of the show. What you discover is that the good episodes were not that good in retrospect. This is because while you are watching them, Good usually means ambitious in concept with lots of promise without screwing it totally up in execution. However, ambitious is a double-edged sword. You have to really nail the ending compared to rather mundane concepts. If you do not, you are left with empty promises that cannot meet the expectation of the viewers. Korean drama Coffee Prince from 2007 is one of those rare cases. So the plot, Coffee Prince is essentially a slice of life show contained within a 3 month period and encompassing a few character relationships. While there is somewhat of a ticking clock built into the show, the show even forgets about it from time to time. This is because there is nothing really significant at stake in the show. It is just about people living their lives, working together, and dealing with their own crap and issues. As a result, there is no real central plot driving the show. Well, in theory, the reality is a little different, but I'll talk about this in detail later. Rather, the show spends its time leisurely following several plots of different sizes. There is a core plot, a purposeful plot, and several minor plots tied together very loosely around a coffee shop called Coffee Prince, which was formerly known as Coffee Wangja. It is basically the same meaning, but saying it in English is always more fancy in Korea. The coffee shop, Coffee Wangja, was a dilapidated hole which was run into the ground by a, a skillful old barista who basically stopped caring about anything a long time ago. Let's call him the old man. However, the show is not about him. His story barely constitutes a minor plot. This is where the prince comes into the story. The prince is, is a grandson of a successful food distribution company who has been wandering around overseas trying to avoid what is waiting at home for him. Through various circumstances, the prince is challenged to triple the profits from the coffee wangja by his grandmother. The show basically starts and ends with this challenge. However, the challenge is not exactly the plot of the show. It is not even a minor one. Rather, it is merely a background setting since the prince is just doing it to placate his grandmother. So what is the plot? In order to meet the challenge, the prince gathers a ragtag crew consisting of the tomboy, the waffle, the know-it-all, and the idiot. The core plot of the show 
is the complicated relationship between the prince and the tomboy who the prince thinks is a boy for some contrived reasons. If you haven't noticed from the casting and the posters, the tomboy is actually a girl. The others in the crew have their own minor plots independent from the core plot. The waffle is in love with a woman that keeps running away from him. The idiot is chasing after the tomboy's sister who no one would mistake as a boy. The know-it-all, well, not sure what his minor plot is, although he definitely has one. I mean, I think he has one. These minor plots are really only connected with the core plot by the fact that everyone works together at the Coffee Prince. I said previously that there was a peripheral plot in Coffee Prince. The prince has a male cousin, the composer. He has an ex-girlfriend, the ex, that uh, he loved very much but had left him before the show starts and who came back into his life at the beginning of the show. The show's peripheral plot is about their subtle but complicated relationship of trying to get back together. This peripheral plot is displayed almost totally independent from the major plot. It is even more so than the minor plots. It is only really tied to the core plot by the fact that basically the prince and the tomboy essentially get stars in the peripheral plot. Not only are the prince and the composer cousins, but the prince has had a crush on the ex for years. Another connection is that the tomboy has been delivering milk to the composer's house for months and has a slight girl crush on him. A lot of stuff to juggle up in the air if you watch the show. But there is more. There is another minor plot about the tomboy's mother and the love triangle with the old man and the butcher. I mean butcher literally, as the guy's profession is a butcher. Coffee Prince tries to and succeeds somewhat in letting these plots play out with very little interconnectivity between each other, but at the same time feel organically tied to each other. This is not an easy feat to accomplish as one has to juggle a lot of moving components, so I was initially greatly impressed by the show. However, while going through the tedious ladder episodes, it dawned on me that I was more impressed by the ambitions of the show and not the show itself. Coffee Prince from 2007 is an example of the execution of the show far exceeding the construction of the show in quality. The script was far more ambitious than the writer could handle. What I mean is that all the disparate components the script has the show juggle are neither well developed on their own nor really come together in a cohesive manner on a story level at the end of the show. I am not even talking about the last few episodes. I am talking about essentially the first 13 episodes which is where the show really ends. The last few episodes are more like the retarded second season of the show when everyone jumped ship. For a show without a dominant plot, such as a slice of life show, nailing the landing is rather key to the show since without it, it is just a collection of insignificant small stories. Let's equate this situation to a stand-up comedian's act. You have a comedian delivering his lines well, but there is a problem with the joke. There is no punchline to the joke, there is only a setup. 
Thus, the only thing a comedian could do with this situation is to use the best of his abilities to make the audience not notice that there is no punchline. This is what Coffee Prince does. It is a way too ambitious joke that does not have a punchline. The fact that Coffee Prince delivers what joke there is extremely well is notable. However, the novelty of it wears off rather quickly once you start thinking about it. And this is where Coffee Prince fails. Coffee Prince from 2007 about. You may say gender-bending romance, however, it is more of a plot point. What are the main points of the show? While going through the latter episodes of the show, I asked myself these questions. It did not bode well for the show that I had difficulties in immediately pinpointing the point of the show. Rather than getting distracted by the gender-bending romance in the core plot, I looked at the rather unique story structure. Coffee Prince from 2007 has several different plots with varying degrees of importance, essentially running independent from each other at the same time. The core plot and the peripheral plot essentially do not need each other to exist. You could literally recast the characters that they share between each other with guest stars and the stories will not change at all. This story structure is not totally unfamiliar with Korean dramas. However, they tend to be used in specific genres such as medical shows in which an ensemble cast are utilized. Romance shows tend to not use this structure as it splits the focus of the show. So there should be a reason for choosing this type of unique story structure for Coffee Prince. I came to the conclusion that the show is about the process of the individual characters resolving issues in their lives originating internally and not externally. In other words, the show is not about saving the coffee shop. It is not even about falling in love. It is definitely not about regaining a love once lost. It is not about one single thing that is so grandiose. It is just about people dealing with their issues in a calm and subtle way as most people at least try to do in real life. For the prince, his issues are with his family, which originates from his distorted view of his place in his family. For the tomboy, her issues originate primarily from her inexperience in life, general poverty, and the loss of a father figure early on. In a way, she is actually the least psychologically damaged in the whole bunch. 
For the composer, his issues are with his lack of confidence in love and resentment from the fact that his girlfriend left him. On the other hand, the ex has an uncertainty and uneasiness regarding commitment to a relationship. Nothing about the problems that the characters have is that unique or uncommon. However, showing these common problems in a show and using the running time to lay those problems out for anyone to see is not an easy thing to do in Korean dramas. The audience usually does not have the appetite or the patience for these type of approaches. You see this approach used in Japanese dramas more. This focus on internally originated issues also explains the reasons for the fact that none of the other characters directly resolve any of the other characters' issues. In other words, no one saves anyone else. For people handle their own shit on their own, albeit with indirect support by loved ones. This is why I point out the initial ambitions of the screenplay writer. This is all great stuff that normally is not well handled by Korean dramas. The problem is that the script fails to nail the landing. None of the issues first laid out are fully developed or explored before they somehow just resolve themselves. So let's talk about the lack of development for what the show is about. While one may argue this whole thing is because the show is subtle, I argue that the show lost focus on what it meant and structured to be. The internal issues of the characters are so broadly described in the show that it is actually difficult to pinpoint what they actually are to the degree I just did before. If you want to be subtle, the issues do not need to be spelled out for you. However, it does at least need to be strongly inferred about as they are being resolved on screen. This does not really happen in the show as they just seem to fade away without much effort. For the prince, he just needed to better communicate with his family and everything is resolved for him. For the tomboy, she just needed to find a direction in life and everything's good. Major spoilers. For the composer and his ex, getting knocked up seems to have solved everything for them to live happily ever together. In other words, not only is the show vague about the character issues, but the issues are resolved in a careless manner. This does not even include the minor plots which tend to be just abandoned halfway through. While a subplot not being fully developed in a Korean drama is as common as apple pie in the United States, this is a problem for Coffee Prince since the show is structured so ambitiously. As inferred by the show's choice in structure, the show wants to give the audience a better understanding about the human condition. Otherwise, there's no reason for a so intricate structure for just a gender-bending romance as shown by all the other straightforward gender-bending romances that followed Coffee Prince. However, as you watch the characters go through their issues, you do not gain a better understanding of our people in Coffee Prince. You just end up with many undeveloped stories of characters in the ether.
So let's talk about gender bending. Is gender bending a curse? Well, the romance part of the core plot is good because of the chemistry between the two leads. The gender bending component of the romance is an entertaining gimmick as seen from the fact that it has been used many times following this show. While there have been many gender bending romance shows after this, Coffee Prince from 2007 has the most plausible tomboy who could be mistaken as a boy of all of them. Yoon Eun-hae gives a great performance as a tomboy, although I would never mistake her for a man. She would be better, better described as a young lesbian or something similar. For Korea, it is close enough though. I will discuss some social aspects of gender bending components later. While the gender bending romance is solid in the show, it is also somewhat of a curse for the show at the same time. Because the romance works so well and the gimmick is controversial, the gender bending romance does tend to dominate the show which is antithetical to the structure of the show. It becomes worse as the gender bending has nothing to do with the character's internal issues which are intended to be at the center of the show. While one may enjoy the cuteness of the tomboy and her chemistry with the prince played by Gong Yu, can you say that the gender bending gimmick is necessary for the core plot? I say the core plot because it has no relevance to either the peripheral plot or the minor plots. So let's look at the character's internal issues. In regard to tomboy, her issues has nothing to do with gender identity. She is a tomboy at her core. This is what the character is. The fact that sometimes people mistake her as a boy is incidental. Whether she is at home with loved ones or at work pretending to be a man, the tomboy basically acts in accordance to who she is although there are some minor exaggerations for the sake of the act. In addition, she is never confused about her sexual identity. She likes men, and not just any men. She likes older men. In other words, daddy issues anyone? Ajashi killer. Other than as a gimmick to spice up the core plot, the whole gender bending thing contributes nothing to her story about her issues. Let's also touch about the prince. Even with him, sexual identity was never an issue the character had going into the show. He was a heterosexual male who was confident in his sexuality. At the same time, he was not even a bit homophobic or homoafraid. Rather, he seems nonchalant about the issues about sexual politics. It was him that came up with the whole use a cute looking young boy to trick unwanted female suitors gambit. What does this mean? Well, the whole gender winning thing is superficial to his character arc. This is shown by the fact that he basically signs a sound of relief and tries to wipe the whole thing out of his memory after everything is revealed. In a manner, the gender bending plot is rather unnecessary, unnecessarily cruel to the character in order to get cheap melodramatics. You have him go through all the mental turmoil of a sexual identity crisis for what? To just say, my bad, let's forget about the whole thing. In this respect, Coffee Prince from 2007 has quite a similar approach to gender bending as the classical play Twelfth Night by William Shakespeare in which a fair maiden is disguised as her twin brother who she thinks is dead to get a job. However, she falls in love with her male employer as her male persona. 
in the area gender bending, Coffee Prince from 2007 has definitely borrowed from this classic. The issue with this approach is that, is that Twelfth Night is a comedy and was written in the early years of the 15th century. It does not really work well with the sexual politics of the modern day and with the tone of the show. The gender bending is somewhat cooler since the prince is generally more psychologically sound and nice person than most Korean drama male, male lead characters who need a boatload of professional help in general. Even the initial gamut with the tomboy originates from kindness. He was being forced to meet women for marriage and the kindest manner to let the girls off was to fake being gay. It is the ultimate form of it is not you, it is me thing. What may have made the show interesting would be to make the tomboy an actual ma actual boy, thus go for the whole gay angle. However, this may have been too hardcore for the Korean audience. In a way, having the tomboy never be mistaken as a boy throughout the show would have been more interesting and plausible. The show could have examined how the Prince's attraction to a tomboy reflects on his own internal issues. However, this does not seem to suit Koreans who basically think having female sexual organs and being and being pretty is all that one needs. In, in any case, the gender in any case, the gender bending is just a gimmick. This in itself may not be a problem. The problem is that the core plot of the show tends to dominate the other plots more than it was designed to. This contradicts the intentions of the chosen story structure. The problems originating from this contradiction can be seen easily in the peripheral plot. For the type allocated to the peripheral plot, it is an oddity that I barely know not anything about the composer and his ex. The composer has a dog, composes movie music, and his cousin is a prince. This is the only thing I know about him. It is more serious for the ex. She's a painter and has issues with commitment. That's all I know about her, which is a shame since I do sense that there's there are deeper issues with the character. The choice of an actress to play the role of the ex is also unfortunate, as a better actress may have done more with less. Cha Jong-an has never really been an actress I really liked. While her acting is not horrendous, she has never been able to emote enough to nail any of her characters. She is typically only about 60% on the mark for the most time. This is the same for her role in Coffee Prince, although it seemed to suit her better than any of her roles she has played since. Anyone remember Hot Blood from 2009? The lack of development is the same for all of the other plot and characters. The structure of the show seemed to intend for the show to pay attention to all the plots and how the characters deal with their internal issues. However, the dominance of the major plot distorts this structure essentially after the middle point of the good episode 1, which, which means about the first 6 episodes or so. As a result, every other plot gets the short end of the stick for what amounts to a gimmick. They are simply not given enough attention.
Let's talk about gender bending in Korean dramas. I've been asked whether the fact that there is a female president in Korea means anything in the terms of gender equality in that country. My answer is not much actually. The thing about Korean gender inequality is that it is not something that is developed as a philosophical theory unlike something like race inequality in modern ages. It is more of a hodgepodge of concepts that have been organically accumulated over the ages. To be more accurate, it is those accumulated after the forceful modernization era. There were developed Confucianism philosophical theories developed during the pre-modern age which supported gender inequality that, that, that lost its social relevancy in the modern age. In any case, these organic origins make it easier for loopholes and exceptions. The Korean female president is one of those cases. As with Queen Elizabeth I during her time, the female president is an exception because she is a daughter of a former male ruler. This situation also applies to sexual identity in Korea. Korean society is fundamentally homophobic. However, it is an organic accumulated type of homophobia, so there are loopholes. Gender bending in Coffee Prince from 2007 falls into one of those loopholes essentially because it's all originating from, from a misunderstanding. Prior to this show, gender bending was not something that came up in mainstream Korean consciousness. I mean, before the start of the 21st century, there was no real acknowledgement in mainstream media of the existence of homosexuals in Korea. It was just an American-Japanese abomination thing. Even in the first decade into the 21st century, things did not change that much. But there were exceptions. One of those exceptions was Harisu. Do you remember Harisu during the early periods of the last decade? If so, you are an old-school Korean drama lover. Or you're Korean. She slash she was a male-to-female transgender actress slash model. In 2001, she just emerged onto mainstream Korean consciousness. And it was a weird thing to really experience. I remember being rather confused by the whole thing since I had a more western mindset of sexuality based on a more organized philosophical principle? The question was, if a society is homophobic, why would this single transgender actress slash model be accepted as an exception? However, she slash she was an exception. At the time, there was a joke circulating in Korea. If you are pretty, everything can be forgiven, even the fact that you were born with a penis. Considering how generally Korean males are really horny, it is rather true. Why am I talking about this? I wanted to provide context to what Coffee Prince from 2007 was in Korean society. It was really the first acknowledgement in mainstream that not all people are heterosexuals or have conventional sexuality. It is always interesting how information does not really circulate in a society with a really, really seedy underbelly hiding behind, behind a clean surface. Before this show, the idea of homosexuals existing was only expressed in niches in Korea. The most common of these niches were the people who read teen female mangas that were imported from Japan at the time. 
while most have encountered some of these mangas while growing up in Korea, I even saw some during my day. Oh, who am I kidding? I actually saw a lot. I don't know why, but I saw a lot. They were deemed one of those kinky things the Japanese are up to. The concept of gender bending was also popularized via mangas in Korea. So it is not surprising that there is a definite taste of Japanese in how gender bending is portrayed in coffee prints. However, what is most surprising about coffee prints is not the portrayal of gender bending. What is surprising is that under the guise of gender bending hijinks, the show is oddly gay friendly for the time and for Korea. None of the surrounding characters in the show seem to be overtly disturbed by the fact that the prince and the tomboy who they think is a boy are having bromances that are veering into something more. Even in US shows and movies, there is at least at least one character that does not handle this kind of thing well. So before ending this review, we have to talk about the last few episodes. If you think about it, Coffee Prince's parents and family never were never included in the whole gender bending thing. I guess it was too much to push the envelope in that area for Korea. Considering how the family reacts when confronted by their son slash grandson being in love with just a tomboy, I think better or wishing to see the family mem- members getting into the whole gender bending and homosexual aspects of the show. This portrayal of the family leads into this discussion of the last few episodes of the show, which are not great TV. Around episode 13 or so, the plots are wrapped up to the degree that they would ever be wrapped up in the show. This means that ton of stuff are abandoned and other stuff are just rushed. In any case, the show is on its last legs and the only thing left is the epilogue. However, this epilogue is spread over several episodes. This is one of the issues with a lot of Korean dramas in which the story ends early because there is simply not enough content to the basic conceit of the show. And this is not really the case for Coffee Prince. Rather, it is another example of the problems caused by the gender-bending romance dominating the show. By the setup, there is a lot of content to mine from the plots. The issue is that the gender-bending romance has its own pace that once starts really going, has to run towards the finish line without stopping. If it does not adhere to this pacing, the romance starts dragging, and the show is executed too good for this to happen. The consequence of this is that the pacing of the show is sped up as dictated by the gender-bending romance's pacing, which leaves the rest of the plots eating dirt. When the gender-bending romance concludes around episode 13 or so, everything is forced to wrap up at the same time. However, there is another 4 episodes or so to still go. So the show shifts focus to the tired old marriage plot, which does not go well with the first 13 or so episodes. Also, it is rather weird seriously talking about marriage when the prince just started dating the tomboy who from everything I, s- I have seen in the show is still a virgin. The whole thing is rather contradictory to the more liberal tone of the first 13 episodes. So at the end, Coffee Prince from 2007 is a difficult case to evaluate and assign a score. Leaving aside the tedious last few episodes, the show does what it does pretty well. It has great casting in general except for the few exceptions. 
the romance works pretty well because of both chemistry between the leads and the gender bending gimmick which is pretty entertaining. Even the overall ambitious script lifts up the show in the audience's eyes because of the promise it gives out when initially viewed. However, once all the hype is gone and one becomes more rational, the problems with the lack of follow-up on its initial ambitions of the script becomes more than just a scratching underneath one's subconscious, and it emerges as a serious matter for contention. I am saying this as a person who had a lot of fond memories from past viewings of the show, and in a way, those memories were rather tarnished by my analysis of the show. So, before this viewing and even up to episode 8 of this viewing, I would have gladly given Coffee Prince an A+. However, the last episode dropped it to an A-. The lack of follow through on the promise dropped the show two more letter scores. Thus, I give Coffee Prince from 2007 a score of a solid B. Thank you for following my epic long 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 review of Coffee Prince from 2007. Thank you and have a nice day.
Tell me more.